by not niching down, you're leaving money on the table. Like when you have you ever hired a coach and you're just like, this coach just like gets me. She likes the same books that I like. She likes to, to meditate. She likes the woo. She likes all this stuff. You instantly want to work with that coach. If that coach had thought, you know what, by narrowing down and talking about all this stuff, no one's going to want to work with me. I'm not going to be pulled to work with that coach. So there's things that you just need to niche down because your people are looking for what you have to offer. And I could preach that all day, every day. Cause it, it's happened in my business. Like I, if I share the numbers with you from the last six months, when I niche down, it's, it will blow your mind. Welcome to the juicy CEO podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. Welcome, everybody. So listen, as we kick off the new year, I just can't wait to introduce some of these powerhouse guests to the juicy CEO stage. And today I get to highlight one of the badass resident coaches inside my juicy CEO media accelerator, Lauren Smith. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped. I am so happy to have you here. We have so many great conversations in private and it's so great that we're going to be able to have it with everyone around the world now. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) Let me tell you guys a little bit about Lauren, because if you don't know her, then you need to get to be knowing. So Lauren helps busy entrepreneurs create in-person connections with their online community so they can strengthen their relationships, provide incredible value, and turn their community into raving fans. She has over 10 years of event planning experience working with Canada's largest financial institutions. And she brings innovative ideas and impressive toolkit of skills to the table for her clients from killer negotiation skills to her ability to creatively think outside the box, resulting in landing her and her clients those dream event partnerships and sponsorship opportunities. She has also been dubbed the future of events of the events industry by meetings and incentive travel magazine and featured in CMP Magazine's Women of Influence issue. She has also secured over $1 million in sponsorship. Money, honey, money, honey. So welcome, Lauren. Woo, this is so great. You know what's what's amazing is when I get to interview people who I kind of already know, but then I get their bio and I read it, I was like, there's so much I don't even know about the background of who you are and how you came to be. It's true. I love it. So crazy. I was like, one million in sponsorship, Dallas. What? Lauren and I need to be having way, way more conversations in 2020. Okay. Love it. Make it happen. (laughs) Oh, we will make it happen. So I would love it if we started like with the thing that I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, which is 
Monique, don't I need to have to, don't I need to have a hundred million followers for brands to even want to talk to me in the first place? And I know you are like, uh, uh-uh, that is not how it works. So can you please talk to people about this? How, how do we navigate this whole space? Okay. This is my favorite question because I get it all the time. It's probably the number one question that people are like, well, I don't have a hundred K or I don't even have 10 K. I don't have to swipe up brands. You're not going to want to work with me. And that's just not the case. Brands. And we get the same conversation with brands every day is they don't necessarily care about the number of followers. They care more about the alignment and the engagement. So if you've got a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and you've got like a 0.3% engagement rate, no brand is going to, I mean, brands will want to work with you, but they're going to be more of like the flat tummy tea and the brands that just like aren't in alignment with you. But if you have, let's say 5,000 followers on Instagram, but you've got like a 10% engagement rate, brands that are going to want to work with you are the ones that are like super aligned and they want to get in front of your audience. They're the ones that will be more impactful because they care less about the vanity metrics and they care more about creating impact. And I think more people, more brands, more um, business owners and entrepreneurs need to get more focused on creating impact rather than creating influence. And, And there's two different ways to look at it. The influence are the and I'm not knocking anybody, but if you look at like the Kardashians where they are promoting the waist trainers and the flat tummy tee, they have influence, but it's not, they're not using it for the right way. But then you look at the other brands that um, are promoting things that are driving change and they aren't necessarily doing it for the vanity metrics. They're doing it for the impact. Those are the brands that are going to create um, change going forward. And you don't need hundred K. If I, if I share something with my little 5,000 following that is so aligned and so authentic to my brand and what I believe in, I get so much more engagement than if I were to get post something about like a flat tummy tee per se. So for the, okay. So let's talk about engagement rates for a second. Cause I know a lot of people don't know, like what is, a, what is considered a good engagement rate and a great engagement rate? Yeah, that's a loaded question. So a lot of brands won't even look at you if you have under a 3% engagement rate. Um, some of our clients have like a 10, 15% engagement rate. And that's just like, like mind blowing because the algorithm is working against you. They are not putting your photo in front of everyone's feed. Like your community needs to actively be engaging with you intentionally in order for you to get those 10, 10% engagement rates. You also want to avoid like the bots, the accounts that engage for you, like any of that stuff. It just needs to come from a really organic, authentic place. Plus, if you have like a social media manager that runs your account, that's obviously going to help you. So it's kind of putting things into perspective, but we've noticed brands will turn people down if it's under three. Okay. Got it. So just for anyone who's newbie to the, to the engagement world, we're talking about likes, shares, comments, saves, Mm -hmm. right? Like a real conversations happening in the DMS and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the saves comments, um, all that type of stuff is very, very important. The one thing I I try and tell my clients to go away from is don't pick like your best post and do the engagement based on that because we can see it. Like I can go into anyone's account and see your likes and your followers. And like, yes, they took away the likes, but not on desktop. Like you can go to desktop and see how many people have liked someone's photo. So don't try and fake your way to you a good- You can't be faking it. You can't be fake. So the, the companies that you're pitching to, like they go in and do their homework. Like they go in and exactly. look at your engagement. So listen, people, because listen, I've thought about this. Like back in the day when I was first started, I was like, how are they going to know what my engagement rate is until I actually got knowledgeable about the subject? And I was like, oh no, they can literally, I can go in and see other people's engagement rates um, as like, you know, a regular person on the street. So just imagine these companies who actually have software and stuff. That can go. Oh Yeah. 
look you up and be like, this girl be lying on her engagement rate. So don't do it. Don't fake Mm -hmm. the funk, people. No. So, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say highly don't recommend. (laughs) Do not fake it when it comes to this type of stuff. Don't be out here lying on yourselves. So talk to, like, let people know how, like, brand partnerships and sponsorships and things like that can help grow your business. Because this is, like, essentially another revenue stream, right? So what should people be thinking about before they're out here trying to be like, oh my gosh, I see her online. She's got these partnerships. I want brand partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. Like what should they, what should they really be thinking other than I want what they have? Yeah. So I look at brand partnerships in three different pillars. One is the collaboration pillar where that's where I, we say that you don't necessarily exchange money in the collaboration um, pillar. So giveaways, um, sharing other people's product, whether or not, like, let's say you have an event and you want to do really cool gift bags and someone gifts you the product, that's a collaboration. Then we have the speaking side of things. So that's like podcast guesting is huge. Speaking at events, um, speaking corporately, um, doing your own Instagram lives, doing Instagram lives with someone who has your ideal client, guest coaching in someone else's community. There's so many things that you can do under the speaking pillar. And then the paid partnership pillar is like the last thing I want people to focus on. Everyone comes to me, they're like, I want to bring in 10K a month in brand partnerships. And I'm like, okay, but have you done any of the other things? They're like, no. Like, okay, (laughs) you got to work your way up to it. And you have to build that trust and you have to start to build um, your community to know that this stuff is coming before you just like do that one paid post. The other thing is when brands look at partnering with you, they want to see that this is not their first, um, you're not not your first partnership, that it's something that you are um, actively doing and people are engaging with your sponsored content because sponsored content is completely different than organic content and like educational content. Um, So focus first on the first two pillars, um, collaborate with people, share messaging, share other people's content. And then speaking is going to be the number one thing I want people focused on when it comes to partnerships. So getting on those podcasts, um, what is it that you want to be known for? Um, the one thing I tell all my clients and we just uh, ended our, one of our courses on it. And it was like, what blew people's minds? They're like, I didn't think that I needed to be known for something. I thought I just needed to like talk on podcasts. And I'm like, what <laughs> you need to be known for like, lane. you got to yeah. own the lane guys. hundred percent. Like you need to get so, so niche. We had one woman that was talking about, um, just being a mama. And that was like her, her thing, but we got even deeper and we said like, okay, what do you actually like talking about? Where do you really like to go with things? And now she's like, so, so niched. She talks about being a single mama entrepreneur and she just got booked on a podcast that has, I think like almost hundred K following because she got so, so, so niched. So it's, it's important to like know your messaging, but don't be scared to get so niched on it because people want niche on their podcast. They don't want someone that can talk about anything. I love that because I think that that's a really big um, message for all of our multifaceted, multi-passionate, multi-talented um, entrepreneurs who are listening right now and like self-included, right? Like there's so many different things we could be doing, but because everybody could be talking about a lot of things, it's like you want to own the lane and be known in somebody's mind for the thing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why would they choose you? 100%. Right? Yeah. I love that. So people listen up, own the lane and stop being afraid to niche down because a lot of people are, they're like, I'm leaving money on the table. If I'm not niche down, it's not true, which is the mm-hmm. opposite. I believe it, it opposite. I believe it's opposite too. By not niching down, you're leaving money on the table. Like when you have you ever hired a coach and you're just like, this coach just like gets me. She likes the same books that I like. She likes to, to meditate. She likes the woo. She likes all this stuff. 
you instantly want to work with that coach. If that coach had thought, you know what, by narrowing down and talking about all this stuff, no one's going to want to work with me. I'm not going to be pulled to work with that coach. So there's things that you just need to niche down because your people are looking for what you have to offer. And I could preach that all day, every day, because it's happened in my business. Like I, if I share the numbers with you from the last six months, when I niche down, it will blow your mind. We all want an A, but of course it's confidential. It's fine. Um, So niching down, I think for myself too, like I, like that's something I can share. Like my business, uh, I did a post today or is it coming out? It's coming out in a week. And um, well, by the time of this podcast, it already came out, but I increased my business by 54% in sales over last year by niching down, by owning the lane, by picking like personal branding, being the thing. Like there's a lot of things I could be talking about, but what's the thing I'm most passionate about? Where do I want to be known? What space do I want to own? Um, what can I talk about? Like you, like, what can I talk about forever? Like all day unprepared. I always say your thing is if somebody was to call you tomorrow for an interview and Mm -hmm. you didn't have time to prep, you didn't know, but you knew they were coming to bring you as the expert on fill in the blank. That's your thing. hundred percent. That's the thing. Yeah. I love that. So So I love how you talked about like the three pillars, you know, Mm -hmm. and starting with collaboration, speaking, and then the paid partnership. So talk to me about how can somebody approach, like, is there something around like, okay, I want to, everyone wants to get to the paid partnership, Mm -hmm. right? So when people are mapping out their strategy, what's the very first thing you ask them to go and do? Good question. A media kit is number one. I want Ooh, them girl, to be- do not step over media kit. We need to talk about media yeah. kit because this little elusive two, three, four, five pager, depending on who you ask is like one of the number one questions I get all the time. So let's talk about this media kit. Sorry, go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I want the media kit to, it can't be too long. You don't want to be sending someone a 30 page document that just like outlines like your firstborn child's name. <laughs> what is like- the number? What is a good set of pages, please. Okay. So we say anywhere between like six and 15, Hmm. less than six, you're not sharing enough more than 15. They start to get bored. The 15, like the larger one is when you're like very campaign specific. So I'll talk about that in a second, Hmm. but the media kit needs to be so on brand that when they look at your Instagram, they look at your website, they look at your email signature, they look at everything. It is super cohesive. We have so many people that will send us a media kit and they're like, sorry, it's at a date. I'm like, then don't send me that shit. Like take the time to rebuild your media kit, share with us who you are, what you do. Obviously your analytics are going to be something we need to see, but what makes you unique? Like, what are your speaking topics? Where, like, take a stand. What is that thing that you are just like so passionate about that makes you different? Include that in your media kit. Include upcoming opportunities. If the only thing you're focusing right now is on speaking on podcasts or getting like that corporate speaking gig, include that. We need to know how people can work with you. Don't necessarily include like your full pricing structure. If you've got an event coming up again, that's different where you want to kind of include that all up front, but don't necessarily overwhelm the people. I always say, give them a taste of who you are, what you can offer and get on the phone with them. You close like 90% more if you get on a phone than, than if you're just like farming out um, the media kit. So include professional headshots. Don't, don't be including that selfie. Um, make sure that everything is like super, super, I mean, you can relate to this on brand. Selfie, no selfies. <laughs> all right. Like, come on. I say it from all the time, but I feel like they still need to hear it from other people to believe me go. Yeah, it's true. Like I, if you look at our media kits from our clients that the ones that we get the most responses from, it's the ones with the professional headshots with like the fully branded photo shoots. It's the one that know what their end goal is. And by looking at their media kit, you can see exactly what they're trying to get out of it. 
the ones where we struggle is when they come to us and they're like, just pitch us for everything. I'm like, ah, we can't like, you're not going to be successful in your pitch, but if you're so niche down, that's when you're successful. The other thing to look at too, is your media kit should always be changing. If I have a media kit that I had a year ago and I'm still sending out, it's completely irrelevant. My business has changed. The things in my life have changed. Like we have clients who are business influencers. I don't even like using that word, but like they're business owners of ours and we pitch them for partnerships and maybe they, they've just moved and we got a partnership with Endy for them because everything in your life is changing and you're always needing to be evolving. So if you're sending an old media kit or pitch deck, no, like they should be looked at monthly. Monthly. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm even learning so much on this guys. And this, this is why we're having like Lauren come into the media accelerator because I only know what I know and I'm all about bringing in experts who are niche down, specialize in what they know. And that media kit piece is such an integral piece. And I didn't know like the length of it always, I was like, I don't know how long this is supposed to be. So I love that. It's constantly changing that piece around putting upcoming things that are coming. I never thought about that. I was like, I thought you were just supposed to put your past like accomplishments. Love that. Okay, Lauren, I'm sorry. You just set yourself up for like some work. Cause I'm going to be sending you, I'm redoing it right as we speak, but okay. I'm like, this needs to be looked at by eyes who know, because I do not know what I was doing. Oh my gosh, this is really important. And can you just talk, you said a business influencers. Mm -hmm. Can we please talk about that term? Because I'm yeah. like, literally, is that not my middle name? I don't know. Lauren, talk to that. Okay. So you have the influencer who is the one that shares the beauty brands and the clothing and like your typical influence. I don't even like the word influencer, but your typical I know. Like it's such online brand. But yeah. yeah. And then you have your, your, let's say business coach who has it figured out. They've got a really cool platform. They've got a really engaged following. They've got that, like more than a thousand followers on Instagram. Let's just say most of them have the 10, 15, 20 plus, and they focus on business. So they have a coaching program. They've got one-on-one -on -one support where someone can work with them. And the content that they're talking about is business related. It's not beauty blogging. It's not travel blogging. It's none of that. It's like very much like here's my funnel. Here's how you grow your personal brand. Here's what productivity looks like. Like this, this person is consistently talking about business things. So when their community is following them, they're looking at them for business advice. We would then partner those influencers up with an email um, provider or a tool that you use to schedule your Instagram. Like call me convert kit, call me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Convert kits on like everyone's dream list. Call yeah. me. Yeah. But this is where we've seen success. And the thing that you'll notice with the beauty and travel bloggers is their end goal is constantly more followers. They just want their platform to get bigger. So they get more like free hotel stays, all that type of stuff. The business influencer, I need to come up with a new name for this. Their constant goal is typically email list growth because we all know that your email list is gold. We don't own Instagram. You like, that's a whole other spiel. But when you pair this um, business influencer up with a brand that has their ideal client because they have the brand's ideal client, there's like massive, massive growth. We have one client who in the span of, I think it's been six months, we've increased her email list by 3000 people just by partnering up with a brand that is so, so aligned and it's a tech brand. So yeah, there's really cool things to do. Stop getting me excited. <laughs> I was like, what? I need some increase on the emails list. By the way, if you guys want more of this use, go to Monique brian.com and enter your email to be added to the list. Do, do, do. Okay. So that's... <laughs> 
This episode is brought to you by the Juicy Brand On Demand Membership, hashtag JBOD. After coaching hundreds of people on building their brand, I can tell you with certainty, the more you put yourself out there, the more money you gon' make. However, it's not going to be without its challenges. And without a roadmap, a high vibe community to tap into, and a skilled coach who has your back, you're going to be in for a tough ride. However, if you want the key to building juicy content, Juicy offers an even juicier marketing strategies, not to mention a coach that will help push you past those mindset roadblocks, then I want you to visit www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. And here, I'm going to make it easy. Try it out for three months, and if it's not your vibe, cancel at any time. But you won't. Why? Because the best part about the membership is not only do you get weekly live coaching, you also get access to over 50 hours of online training that you can watch and rewatch at your leisure. So it's your choice. You could keep trying to put the pieces together on your own, buying dozens of programs from different experts that don't work together, or you could join the JBOD membership where service-based business owners learn to build, scale, and nurture their brand with everything they need to win in one place. Just go to www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. Sounds juicy, right? Now let's get back to the episode. Um, okay, so okay, so let's talk about the pitching part. Let's yeah. okay because we've got it. We got to create the asset. So the branding assets super key. I think I don't even know how much we need to go into because I think we've touched on it. Like how much your online presence matters in the things that you want. Like guys, this is the only reason you're here listening to this is if you, we are judging a book by its cover, no matter how brilliant the author period. Mm -hmm. So go get the brand shoots, get the photos, get your messaging, correct, get your branding on point, create the branding assets or stop complaining. So there's that. (laughs) Now say you got all the assets, Mm -hmm. right? You're ready to rock. You niche down and now you're out to pitch. You want to pitch. So it always starts, of course, in that friggin' elusive friggin' inbox, the email. What are some of like, I don't want you to give away all the juice because if you want to get the juice, you'll come into the media accelerator and get the templates and the tools delivered by Lauren. But what are some of the key things in an email pitch to grab attention? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, this is kind of twofold. So when we're pitching for clients, it's a little bit different than if a client is pitching themselves. When we pitch for a client, we obviously include who we are and why we're involved. And then we go in to talk about what the client is doing that's different. It's not this like 10 page email. It's a very short, here's what we're looking for. Here's why we think it's a good fit. Don't just say we want to partner with you and hope that the brand is like, yeah, here's 10K. Like, no, you need to do the work for them and say, we're working on this really cool campaign. Here's where we see you involved. Um, We've done our research. We know that you've already done this campaign. Like, Guys, you have to do the work. You can't just like blast out 50 emails and expect all 50 people are going to want to partner with you. You need to know that, let's say CIBC Bank is focusing on small business and that's where the marketing dollars are being spent right now. So when I pitch them for a small business entrepreneur, it makes sense. So you have to do your, your research ahead of time and know that what the brand is working on that's going to make sense for you. You can't just like I said, send a templated email. Also try not to send an email that says, hi there, <laughs> use their name. Get their name, people do the work, do the leg yeah. work. You're not talking to just some, right? Because they'll know it's they're spamming. You know, there's a templated email. 100%. 
right? And the amount of times I get someone that emails me and they're like, hi, Laura, delete. You obviously, like my name is very clearly all over my website. It's all on my Instagram. It's Lauren. Spell it right is a big thing. The other thing too is a lot of these big brands are repped by PR agencies. So if you're trying to get like a, I mean, Lululemon's a bad example because I don't think they do have a PR agency, but some of them will forward you off to a PR agency. Actually, Johnson & Johnson is a great one. They are repped by a PR agency. Um, So make sure that you are addressing the right person. If you are DMing them on Instagram, asking them for the contact information, it's 100% going to be someone different than you're talking to on Instagram. So just knowing who you're communicating with and being very clear about that. Um, And like I said, I always, always, always pitch to get on the phone. Include your media kit, let them know who you are, but offer to get on a very quick 10, 15 minute call um, just to make the intro. I love that. So speaking of pitching, since we're here, I mean... uh... Let's talk, so for some, anybody who's listening, who has a podcast, for example, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a partner or, you know, sponsorship around their podcast, because the podcast is so fire and everyone needs to be on it. And even though it's a newer podcast, clearly there's value. What mm-hmm. kind of things would you recommend um, somebody, whoever they may be, um, would be out there pitching. What kind of things do you want? I mean, of course, like, I guess downloads is one audience viewership, um, duration of listening. Is there anything else I'm missing around? Like when you're out here being like, my podcast is bomb. You need to be sponsoring me because. Yeah. So, um, viewership downloads is going to be a really big one. A lot of them will come back to you and say, um, we've had this conversation is we've sponsored a podcast with 15,000 downloads for this price. Mm. How many followers do you guys have or how many downloads do you guys have is going to be a big one. Um, the other thing too, is making sure that your audience is super aligned with theirs. So let's say you talk about personal branding and marketing, and that's like a very, very educational content that you talk about on your podcast. You're probably not going to be approaching someone who's talking about, I don't know, the hottest lipstick. <laughs> like you're, you're going to really want to get like in line with, I mean, you might actually, because I you might. Do, I was, I was well, say, other people that may was, not. That was a stupid example. Cause you I always, rock, yeah, you rock the bold lip. So that's a really cool thing. It's like you niched in and you know exactly what you're talking about. So when you are approaching people for sponsorship, again, it has to be super, super niche. Also help them envision what, um, they're going to get from working with you. So it doesn't necessarily just need to be a podcast ad. It can be when you promote the podcast, their logo is also on it on your personal feed. And just like making sure that there's a lot of cross promotion and understanding what their end goal is and how you can help them achieve that. It always comes back to what's in it for me, for the person you're actually pitching. Yeah. percent. You just like, if we take that stance period, even if with our clients, with whatever, what's in it for me? That's the only thing that let that guide you and you will know exactly what to put in that email people. hundred um, percent. So because I know you have killer negotiation skills, is there any um, mistakes, tips, or like things people should be like, maybe they're at the place where they're like, I found these partners, they're ready to come on board, but they like, they like, this is their first time. So they have literally no idea what they should or should not be looking for in this contract. Yeah. Or asking for, for example. Yeah. So my big thing is if you're sending your media kit and you have the the dollars on it, and let's say, let's say you're saying, okay, per episode, it's $1,500 for a sponsorship and you get three episodes out of, or whatever you you decide that should be a starting conversation. 
where I see so many people go wrong is they're like, well, they didn't want to pay my $10,000 price tag. I'm like, not many people do right up front need to build that relationship. So how, what are you doing now to secure that 10 K down the road? Are you saying, okay, you know what, what is your budget? What can we make work within your $2,000 budget? Even though it was 10 K originally. Okay. They're saying they want to work with you. So that one, why would you not want to make that work? If obviously if it's on in aligned partnership, you're not going to do that, but Let's just say for me, for example, I want to work with CIBC Bank. And I say, I want that one day, that $50,000 sponsorship. I'm going to lock it in. It might take me a year. It might take me two years. What am I doing now to make that relationship work? Let's say they're like, you know what? We only have a 5K budget. What can you do? Okay. We're going to take these things, this like laundry list of things I had for the 50K. And maybe they can get like three or four of them. And that can be a starting point. And then we can build the relationship up. I see so many people go wrong when they're told no not right now or no, they take it as a no forever. I always take it as a no, not right now. So what can you do now to build up to that? Yes. In the future. And that's like the number one negotiation scale that I think has been successful for us is we've had people say like, I can't afford that price tag. Okay. Well, what can you afford and how can we make that work? And then you just constantly build it up. I love that. You're like, on that hustle because you're like listen no is not a no it's a no not right now and it's true because you don't know what businesses you know, are doing you don't know what their three four five year plan is you don't know who else they're all working with behind the scenes so taking that on and I mean anyone on here who's running a business like you should always be in that that space of anyone says no to you it's like you just ain't ready yet. Yeah. You ain't ready yet, girl. Don't you worry. I'll come back around when you're ready because people do come back around. Companies do come back around. And so I love that you're like, how else could this work mm-hmm. and make it work? Because it is all about relationships, period. People want to work with people who are willing to put in that relationship time. So Lauren, talk to me a little bit about mindset around all of this. Like what role does mindset play in making all of this happen because it is key without it i believe you forget all the the bells and whistles we're about to put on it 100 it's actually so funny to say that i love that you have a mindset person i mean i love all of the, all of them but when it comes to the pitching start side of things the mindset is massive and linkedin don't even get me started linkedin is such a game changer for business i don't know how people are avoiding it so i'm i'm just jacked for everyone that, that is going to take this it's going to be epic Um, mindset though, it's so crazy. It is the first thing we talk about, um, when I bring clients on because people have that limiting belief and why is someone going to want to work with you? If you don't even understand the value in yourself, like if you're not confident and you're not, and listen, I don't, I'm not saying you need to be like shouting your name from the rooftop and being this, like this crazy confident person, because that's not hard to be all the time. It's very hard to always be on. But if you don't believe in your mission and you don't believe that what you're doing is going to be impactful and create value for people, no one's going to want to work with you. So getting rid of those mindset hacks uh, or so those mindset blocks of, I don't have the 100K following. I don't have the perfectly aesthetic feed. Like don't wait until you have all that in order to start the partnership, start the conversation now. And just putting yourself out there and being confident in the messaging that you're talking about is going to be a complete game changer for for everyone. And it just needs to be worked through. It's like the number one step you need to do before you can even think about the 10 K is work through those mindset blocks that you have. I a hundred percent agree. It's like anyone who wants to come out and be in the spotlight, which I know can be super scary for some people. 
Um, even for people who like, that's where they like to be. They'll there's, there's still a rush. There's still something every time, like people like, I'm obviously very, you know, extroverted, but I still get nervous before every speaking engagement, before every podcast interview. And that for me, I just tell myself it's because it matters. It matters that what I say resonates with people. It matters that I'm not just getting up there talking spoon frivolousness. Like I do want it to create change for another human in their life. So it matters. So let the fear and all of the scary things, even those who are afraid to go live, it's like, let that just be, I like say, like they say, you know, where excitement and fear, they come from the same place in your body. They're the same reactors, right? So I just say when I'm super scared, I'm like, oh, I'm really excited, right? (laughs) I love that, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh, I'm really excited. And then I do like a whole dance with my whole body. You guys can't see us, we're on Zoom right now. And that's literally what I'm doing. But then it takes my mind into like a more of a relaxed and fun place. There's like, yeah, it's like this could totally bomb. And history has shown me that that's not what's going to happen here. No. So let's just get it done. Get your mind right, people. We have a mindset coach inside of the program who will be coming in at every single module and getting the mind right because I get so much stuff can come in the way and totally like say the, you know, the mind gremlins that come in and be like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. No one wants to hear from you. What do you think? Who do you think you are? All that isn't going anywhere, but we do know how to make them more quiet Yeah, and punch them in the face when they show. (laughs) (laughs) Just give them a little smack down, kick down. It's so needed. You know what someone said to me, actually, my uncle, I don't know. I'm not sure if you're familiar with John Asraf. He, yeah. Okay. So John's actually my godfather. He's a very close family friend of ours. And do you need a minute? <laughs> no, it's so funny you say that because I have, we'll have to talk about that. We can talk about it. All. I have a friend who is very close to them as well. So we'll talk about that because I don't want to put yeah. anybody's name anywhere that I shouldn't, but we'll offline. Okay. Interesting. Continue. Yeah. So in February before lockdown, I flew to California and I spent the weekend with John and the family. And we were on this hike in like Torrey Pines and San Diego's like dream come true. Mm -hmm. And John and I were talking and just like doing some coaching him and my dad actually uh, used to work together. They wrote a book together. Like there is some very tight connections there. And I just, obviously since my dad got sick, he can't give that advice. So I lean on John quite frequently because it's almost like talking to my dad. John is brilliant. It's just incredible. So Mm -hmm. he said to me on that hike, he's like, listen, you need to look at the message that you're sharing as something that people need to hear because it is going to provide value to them. It's not, you're not being annoying by selling. You're not going to be knocked down because you're getting up there and showing your face. What you are sharing is actually of value to people and it's going to help them. And the second you have that little mindset shift, it's going to be a game changer for you. And I literally, I want to say actually since February have like a hundred percent increased my business revenue from that one piece of advice. Oh my gosh. Guys, listen, get your mind right. And you don't need anything else. It's true. It's hundred percent true. I love that. I love that. It's, it's really just, I always say like you're, you're doing the world a disservice by not sharing your gifts. hundred percent. They were given to you. There's a calling for you to go and do it. There's a reason you're out here talking about that thing. Um, so you not doing it, like you're, you're like, you're like shriveling up. I was, I look at it as if either you're expanding or you're like shrinking. Yeah. 100%. Right. And I'm all about expansion, obviously, and clearly loud. And sometimes <laughs> people 
are like, they look at the thing that they do and they want, like myself included, like I used to be like, well, how does personal branding actually like change people's lives? And I was like, I'm not selling personal branding. I'm selling confidence. Like I'm very clearly know that there's a transformation that happens when you get, have a brand photo shoot, when you look the part that you want to be playing, you can show up and, and, and do anything. You can conquer anything. That's what I'm selling. But I also know like, listen, ain't no one going to hire you looking a hot mess. So let's get all this stuff in order and go have you live in your best life and live in your dream. Yeah. Dagnamit. Love it. Oh my gosh. We could be here all day, but Laura, I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for coming on the juicy CEO podcast in my books. You are all juicy CEO all day, every day. And you have such a big heart. You're always willing to share. You're always willing to give. Um, I'm so happy that we got connected and, you know, I just can't wait for more people to find out about you and what you do. So let people know where can they find you? Where they, where can they connect with you? Um, Instagram is probably the best. Um, it's just at modern collective with an underscore and that's kind of the hub. And then from there, it'll kind of show you all the other things I've got on the go. So amazing. So we will link to it in the show notes and until then keep me in that juicy CEO <laughs> that we know you to be. Love it. Love it. Choom, choom, that's a wrap. <laughs> If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Brian underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.